Welcome everyone to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. So the guests today are very special friends of mine. We've actually met them in Vancouver, BC, Canada. And this was before we left on our uh, world trip. And they definitely mentored us, gave us advice and tips on how to travel. And now we're actually in Suriname, South America of all places. And uh, we've been traveling for six months. Uh, which I guess is about uh, less than 200 days, as opposed to Sabina and uh, Sabina and Keith. Sabina and Keith have actually been traveling for, wait for it, 2,584 days and counting. So 2,500 plus days, which is incredible. I think uh, out of all the traveling families we've met, I think they are definitely at the top of the list. So 2,500 days. Um, which is more than uh, seven years continuous uh, of travel. Obviously, they settled in uh, different places, which we'll be finding out about during this interview. Uh, so they're currently in Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada, which is just four or five hours from our hometown of Vancouver. Uh, so how are you guys doing, uh, Keith and G uh, Sabina, over there in Kelowna today? Oh, we're doing wonderful. It's a beautiful spring day. Uh, the weather has, has warmed up nicely for us. Uh, we made it through our, our first full winter in quite a few years, um, but uh, we're loving it here. It's amazing. Awesome. Good to hear. And uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory. So obviously, you didn't always travel. You started only 2,500 days ago. Tell us a little bit about the origin story of what made you leave the US uh, to start on this epic adventure. Yeah. Um, you know, we never really intended to become nomadic or, um, or really intended on this lifestyle. It just sort of unfolded for us. And when we left, um, it was during the global financial crisis. And so um, there was so much negativity in the US and people weren't getting jobs. And you know, um, we were just done with that, that mentality and kind of being around that energy. So we decided, hey, let's just go on vacation to Costa Rica. And within a two week time frame of discussing, yeah, we should go on vacation, um, it, it went from let's go on vacation to oh you know what forget it let's just move there um so uh, there was a lot in between i kind of condensed that for you but at the time i was pregnant and keith came up with the idea of actually having the baby down in costa rica so we sort of had a reverse anchor baby situation going on um and we did it i moved down we moved down when i was eight months pregnant and had our beautiful girl Isla and um, stayed in Costa Rica for about a year and a half and really enjoyed sort of the unraveling of life and the slowing down of life, the reprioritizing what our priorities were, how we wanted to live life, the values that we wanted to live life by, um, and, and actually living by them. So being able to step away from our regular North American sort of go, go, go mentality and slowing down and having some time to think really, really shifted so much in both Keith and I. And then when we were inspired to leave Costa Rica, it was just a very natural consequence of, of the journey of life. I love the term 
the reverse anchor baby hashtag reverse anchor baby tell us a little bit about what that term means because a lot of our listeners and viewers uh, might not be familiar with the term so uh why did you do costa rica what does it mean to have an yeah well you know i mean the the general consensus is that people are coming in more into the western nations to have babies so that their babies will become citizens and they can stay and live in the country we sort of did the opposite is we had the baby in Costa Rica, which is more of a developing country, just in case we ever wanted to retire there. So Isla is a Costa Rican citizen, and we have until she's 18 to claim residency there. Whether we will or not, who knows? It's up for grabs. But um, it was a really interesting situation just to have a baby in a different country. Yeah, it was, it was funny, know, Ricky. Uh, Prior to going to Costa Rica, Sabina was for sure that she was going to be having the baby in the jungle on a banana leaf. Um, but uh, people down there assured her that there were uh, adequate doctors and, and ways to have a baby more Western world-like. And uh, it was the best experience uh, uh, having a baby down there. <laughs> Well, obviously, Keith, you're a lot more convincing than me because I was trying to convince my wife who was pregnant when we decided to travel to, to uh, have the baby abroad, but she wouldn't have it. So we ended up having all three of our kids back in British Columbia, uh, different hospitals. One was in St. Paul's, the other was at BC Women's, and the third was in Burnaby General. Uh, and I don't know if we can have more, but who knows, that fourth might be an anchor baby as well because I think it's a brilliant idea because uh, you're basically setting yourself up uh, and also your kids up uh, because... Uh, the kids now have the freedom not only to work and live in the U.S. or wherever else you end up getting permanent residences, but also uh, uh, to uh, live and work in Costa Rica. So that's really good for their future, but also your future. Yeah, we have a joke in our family that the kids are required to marry somebody with a different passport. We just like to collect passports, apparently. Yeah, and in my case, I'm actually having a Canadian passport by birth, even though my Indian ancestry. And my wife's actually Filipino, so uh, uh, my, my kids have the access to both the Philippines, um, Canada, and I think India too because of my ethnic origin. So it's always good to uh, keep your options open with uh, the way globalization is going. Yeah, and... So uh, guys, I'm really interested in uh, your travel journey for the last seven plus years. After Costa Rica, tell us a little bit about where you ended up going um, uh, across this uh, world. Well, uh, we, we were on a small trip from Costa Rica back to uh, the States and we were flying over the most beautiful blue-green waters and we looked down and asked the flight attendant, hey, where, where's that? And she said, oh, that's Belize. So uh, we, uh, we came back to Costa Rica and said, we're moving to Belize. And uh, two months later, we had sold the few things we uh, accumulated and, and off we were to Belize. Um, and so we spent uh, seven months in Belize, uh, in San Pedro, living right on the ocean, uh, 30 meters from the waterfront, dive docks out our front door, uh, fishing docks, uh, just a, a beautiful, amazing place. It was, it was quite the experience for us. And then uh, from, uh, from Belize, uh, we decided uh, from some, some friends' input, uh, they said uh, we would really love Bali. Uh, we had done no research on uh, Southeast Asia, had not, did not know what to expect. Uh, but we said, sure, why not? And uh, so we, uh, again, 
sold all the things we had accumulated in Belize and uh, moved uh, moved to Bali. Uh, and we we set up a home base. We do a little bit different of a travel. We we set up home bases and then we travel off of that home base. Uh, so uh, our home base changes every so often. But uh, we set up a home base in Bali for four years and uh, traveled to other parts of Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Europe. So uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that was, was our home base there for, for four years. And uh, then we uh, decided we wanted something a little different. You know, uh, you go through different phases in life and, and uh, you know, your, your wants, your needs uh, become different, especially when your children start to grow and, and they have different phases. So we um, had some friends here in, in Kelowna who in, invited us over for a couple weeks and we fell in love with it. It ticked a lot of the boxes on what we really like, uh, mountains for skiing, water, uh, a very active lifestyle uh, for the, from the local community. And uh, hey, Canadians are, are some of the nicest people on earth, we found out. Um, so we went back to Bali and uh, again, packed up everything and decided to, to move over here to Canada. And we've been here in Canada for a year now. So this was also an experiment for us as well. I mean, one of the things that really propels us in traveling is you know, to have new experiences and we've been traveling for seven years um, you know constantly moving constantly having new things come at us and which is wonderful you really dial down and get to know who you are what your priorities are how you react to things how you react to new situations um, and so staying in Canada for a year was a new situation for us. We wanted to see what happens and what kind of growth comes when you just sit still. After moving for so long, this was the unique thing for us where we decided to put ourselves on a self-imposed travel ban and say we are not traveling for one year and let's see what happens. You know, will we become bored? How will we, how will we, how will we react, excuse me? Um, or what kind of new things can we focus on? What have we learned through our travels that we can apply to this situation that is unique to us, but the same for kind of everybody else doing their regular life? And um, yeah, it's been a really cool experiment. Well, definitely an amazing adventure all the way from... Amazing adventure so far. I mean, uh, the journey is continuing after seven years. So you can't do it on savings alone, um, you know, so you must be doing some kind of online income. So tell us a little bit about uh, how you generate income as a digital nomad traveling family, Keith and Sabina. You can start, Keith. Well, uh, when, we, when we first started traveling, we, um, we had about a year prior to us traveling, we had started an online business, an e-commerce business. And... Um, uh, after getting up and going for about a year, we realized, hey, you know, we're making enough money that we could live comfortably in, you know, uh, a third world country. And uh, so that's what helped propel us out. And, uh, uh, and since then, it's, it's just grown and grown. Uh, we've uh, uh, been able to work abroad, work in, in any country, any location, as long as we have an internet connection, which can be a little limited in some spaces, but um, 
so we've, we've grown it from there and uh, uh, we still have that, that online business and we, we've also created another online business as well. So our businesses are product-based businesses. Um, of course, e-commerce, everything online is really e-commerce. Um, and uh, we have our team in the US that does all the shipping and the customer service, which allows us to be a little bit more mobile and flighty um, because we don't have to deal with everyday activities. So uh, for those of us who don't have an e-commerce store yet, uh, can you give us a quick one-on-one about how do you set one up, how do you choose your product, and then how do you market and monetize that product? Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, right, right now, it's such an incredibly easy time. The barrier to entry is very low in terms of setting up an online store. You can use, my preference is big commerce. You can go to Shopify as well, um, or a WordPress site, or WooCommerce, or uh, Squarespace. I mean, there's a whole plethora of software tools that are available, and you can set up an online store within a day nowadays. In terms of choosing a product, choose a product that I, for me, choose a product that you enjoy because you're going to be talking about it and writing about it and looking at it for a really long time. Um, other people have different philosophies. They're totally data-driven. You know, they'll look at the numbers and figure out what is selling and how it's selling and go for it that way. I personally am a little bit more brand-oriented and like the messaging of the product more than anything else. There are a number of different tools also that are available in terms of project management in order to run your companies virtually. Uh, so we have a team that's located all around the world. I have graphic designers in the Philippines, in Mexico, my marketing team. Um, well, some of them were nomadic, but they're now based in the US. Our shipping department and customer service is in the US. And then of course, we've run this from all over the world. So. One of the project management tools that we use a lot is Asana, which is, and, and there's Trello as well, um, which is great because you can assign tasks and due dates and have conversations on there. Um, but for the most part, uh, getting the word out there and the marketing of it is probably people's biggest challenge because an entrepreneur can get so passionate about their product, they think if I build it, they will come but nobody sees it. <laughs> and so the challenge is in, in the messaging, in finding the markets that are really going to react and want your product, filling the need, and number one, filling the need, and then finding the people that have that need. Yeah, I'd, I'd say one of the, the most difficult parts is actually choosing a product uh, that you want to sell if that's the route you're going to go. Um, there, you know, a lot of people think of inventing one, but that, you know, there's very little products that are newly invented. Uh, it, it's more of a case of, can I make this product a little better? Can I market it better? And um, so you, once you decide on that, that product, then you start to look into, okay, what, you know, where do I have this made? Do I have it made in the U.S.? Do I have it made over in China? And you just start doing your research on, uh, uh, you know, where the products are manufactured, uh, what type of pricing uh, you're going to get, what's the quality of the product, uh, logistically, how do I get it to where I'm going to ship it from, 
so you know, there's there's a a lot of those little things that that go involved with um, uh, making a product. And um, one of our stores uh, we have uh, mainly on Amazon and. Uh, Going to, onto Amazon and just taking a look at their, you know, top 100 products in, in each of the main categories is a good way to start to narrow down your product search. Um, yeah, you, you start with some criteria in there and um, take a look at the different products, see which ones you feel you can make better, market better, uh, you know, have a little twist on. And, uh, and then you just start searching where you can have it made. Uh, and one of the great things about Amazon is they uh, they have fulfillment by Amazon, which uh, allows you to you know warehouse and ship your products from Amazon. Uh, Amazon takes care of all that. They take care of customer service. They take care of the merchant account. So what you're doing is is you're getting product into Amazon, and you're making sure it stays in stock, um, and. Uh, then uh, you're doing some marketing through Amazon and also, you know, some outside marketing to bring people uh, onto your Amazon product listing. Uh, so there's, you know, there, there's many tools that are, are starting to come about now uh, that make jumping into this, this online e-commerce world uh, a lot simpler. Yeah. And I will also say that out of, you know, there are a million different ways that you can start a business. Um, this is one of the riskiest because you do put in a lot of time, which is natural for, for all businesses up front, but you also put in your financial investment. You buy the product, you warehouse it, and then you kind of hope that it sells. Whereas informational products or courses, there's not as much financial investment involved in it. So there's plenty of options in terms of how you want to structure structure your business and also what kind of skill sets you have to be able to run your businesses. Definitely a wealth of information. Thanks for all those tips. Uh, uh, and I almost want to listen again just to take notes and to uh, absorb it all. Uh, so guys, uh, you've been traveling for seven years. There have always been some ups and downs. Uh, and a lot of uh, us who travel, uh, and when you see people who travel, you don't really hear about the downs or the struggles or the valleys or the challenges. So I'd love for you to share maybe some of the struggles as well uh, so that people will realize it's not always a rosy road. Uh, it's not always uh, positive. There are times of uh, difficulty as well. So maybe you can elaborate on some of those times as well. Yeah, for us, um, especially traveling with the family, you're in close quarters quite often. And littler kids don't understand that mom and dad, this is our job. Like, we have to work now. We're on our computers, you know, they think it's just regular screen time. And littler kids need a lot more attention, you know, they want your attention. That's probably been the biggest struggle for us, which has been um, one of the reasons why we love having a home base. Because when we go back to the home base, there's a little bit more rhythm, there's a little bit more consistency there. Um, and we also have a nanny that helps. <laughs> uh, that has probably been our biggest struggle. In terms of new experiences and stuff, our kids have been wonderful with all of that and um, also wonderful with meeting up with plenty of families so that they get a lot of the friend interaction, which they crave so much. Um, and we noticed as you know, we started to travel year by year, our our destinations focused more on, hey, who do we know over there? And, or let's meet somewhere really cool with a bunch of other families. 
because that social connection was more important. And of course the new experiences, but it was more important than just us going there by ourselves. It almost amplified the travel and the experiences tenfold by being with others. Yeah, I'd, I'd say one of the more challenges how, is just finding the own relationship. How about, you mean our relationship, like Keith Go on, and I? Keith, go on. Yeah, no, I mean, go on. Uh, you can finish your point, Keith. Oh, I was just saying one of the, the challenges I see is just uh, finding the balance uh, uh, in your life between, you know, having to, to work, your children, uh, seeing the, the places that you're traveling to. Uh, because, you know, if one of those gets out of balance, then, you know, it reflects to, towards the whole family. So, uh, uh, you know, just finding that balance and then, you know, creating the time for uh, your children because, you know, they're, they're going to want to see everything. They're going to want to take their time through an airport. So creating time for, for children, you know, getting the airport a little early. I like getting there a little earlier than the rest of my family. But, um, uh, the, you know, it, it allows that opportunity where, you know, the stress is gone, the enjoyment, uh, being present right there with your children as they see all these new experiences. Uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, one challenge that we've, we've sort of over, overcome is, is uh, creating that, that space for them. Well said. Yeah, and uh, the question I was going to ask is about your relationship as a romantic married couple, as husband and wife, because that's obviously uh, there's going to be a strain on that relationship. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how you maintain the love on the road. Ooh, tell us, Keith. <laughs> you listen to your wife. She is always right. Well, darling. Amen, amen to that one. As a married <laughs> husband, I'm going to say so amen ridiculous to that <laughs> no, it, uh, you know, I believe, uh, you know, one of the important relationships here is the relationship you have with, with your wife. I, I mean, if, if that's not strong, then, you know, you're, uh, especially when you're in business together too, then your business relationship's not strong. Your relationship with your kids is not strong. So, you know, it, it is vitally important to, um, to keep that relationship between you two, you know, um, open and connected uh, and uh, uh, you know that's that's the thing we've re really worked on is just you know trying to stay connected here because you'll get involved in in working or traveling or, or the kids and all of a sudden you you feel apart you, you know you feel like you guys are just passing in the night or just passing in the hallway uh, so um, you know regrouping and and actually sitting down and making that time with each other looking into each other's eyes and uh, uh, just just connecting on you know a very uh, spiritual basis uh, is is very important and uh, you know it, it's not it, it's not always the case we're not always connected but you know, I, I think we, what we do is we realize when we're not, and then we work on coming back together and, and connecting again. Yeah, and sometimes really all it takes is just some eye contact. <laughs> we yeah. get so busy in our to-dos and this and that, and, and Keith and I are very different people. We have such different energies, you know? I'm up in the morning and I'm like, okay, let's go, bring, 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 and he takes his time in the morning. and. Sometimes it's the same way in business life where, you know, I've come up with an idea and I wonder why it's not done yet. 
Um, so I'm a little bit faster paced in many aspects, but as a compliment, Keith is the steady guy who will go through, you know, the processes and the bureaucracies of business, or even like in terms of a, a romantic relationship, you know, he'll be the one that, you know, reminds us to, hey, let's connect again. Thanks for sharing that side of your relationship too, because I think that's the, the most important one. Because if that, that relationship isn't working properly, then it's going to affect the business relationship, the parenting relationship, the travel, uh, you know, uh, uh, scheduling everything. So yeah, I, I totally agree on that, the whole thing about the eye contact. Uh, my wife will probably say, hey, Ricky, you need to do more of that. So I'm going to take a heed of your advice and I'm going to listen to my wife more and make more eye contact with her. So thank you. <laughs> and uh, by the way, uh, just a quick story here. I actually wrote a book all about fatherhood and I interviewed 100 dads from around the world. And you can get that book on daddyblogger.com. Uh, but the, I always got these pieces of advice. And the number one advice, uh, which is on page one of the book in big letters, is listen to your wife. The four words that will change any marriage. And that, that, that probably doesn't really mean do what you're told. What it means is, you know, have an open receptive ear to, you know, what we're saying or what our intentions are. Um, oftentimes in a relationship, there's one person that tends to have a little bit more dominant of a role, whether it's, um, and I don't mean dominant in terms of overpowering, I just mean that, like, they sort of set the energy for the family and for the relationship. And it's really important, important, especially to recognize that and to also recognize when the energy that's being set is not conducive or positive to how you would like to be living life. Absolutely. So thanks for sharing the love uh, with the listeners there and with each other. So in terms of your education, I'm really curious about that aspect too in terms of uh, how have you been teaching your kids uh, over the last seven years and, uh, when you're in Costa Rica, when you're in Bali, and now I know you're doing a little bit more of the Waldorf uh, stable education, but if you can take us on that educational, uh, well. Well, we've, uh, we've always looked at education a little bit differently. Uh, you know, I, uh, I think uh, prior to our, our first child being born, uh, we, we looked at, uh, we actually enrolled him uh, the day he was born into a uh, more of an alternative type school that uh, um, would uh, rely, uh, you know, it, it's more Montessori based. And, um, but, uh, you know, we, when we went out to travel, then, you know, homeschooling became more important to us. And, you know, when I say homeschooling, we, we're not sitting our kids down for four hours a day and saying you have to do this and this and this. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot of terms uh, thrown out there now with uh, uh, traveling families of world schooling or unschooling or road schooling. Um, you know, I, I think it's just all about experiment, experimental, you know, experiential learning. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, we, we go different places and our kids see uh, different uh, foods, different signs, different uh, uh, cultures, and uh, we learn along the way. Uh, you know, we, uh, kids learn to read uh, from, uh, from signs. They learn to count by seeing money. Uh, you know, it, it's just more of a natural-based learning. Uh, and, you know, you really have to uh, to listen to your children, listen to, you know, what they're feeling, what they're ready for, 
And um, for the first uh, seven years of, of our son's life, uh, there was no way he was going to step foot into a classroom, sit down at a desk and just listen to a teacher. Uh, we, we tried that a couple times and he just bolted out the door. He, he just, just wasn't ready for it and it wasn't something that we were going to force upon him either. Uh, so uh, we, we you know, did some research. Sabina did a lot of research in school. She found Waldorf. We've talked to, to friends who uh, have kids in, in the Waldorf education. Uh, and for us, it, uh, it was the, the only school that we would really um, think about sending our children to. It, it is based, based on natural learning. It, it's based on, on kids being out playing in nature and, and hikes. And uh, it, it's a very um, soft, gentle uh, type of learning. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, once we read more and more on the curriculum, we said, yes, uh, you know, that will be, you know, what we would like our children to do. So coming to Kelowna, we found a Waldorf school here, which is one of the reasons we, we've moved here. And, uh, uh, you know, we felt our, our children were ready for that. They were ready to be around other peers, establish uh, more of a consistent foundation of friends. Uh, and uh, be open to that type of learning. And uh, we were right. They, they are thriving at Waldorf. Uh, they, they love it. They love their friends. They love their teachers. Um, they can't wait to go every day. And, uh, you know, they've completed their first year of schooling. And my son, you know, he's already got plans to go through to eighth grade. And then he's thinking about high school. I mean, like, slow down, bud. You know, we don't want to stay in one spot too long. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because, of course, they've had a very different experience than most of their peers inside of class. You know, they've been quite ungrounded and moved around and had a very non-rhythm-based lifestyle where things were constantly shifting for them. And now to be in this, in this rhythm of we're going to school, and Waldorf is very rhythmic in terms of, like, how they structure the day for children. Um, it's quite a unique experience and they're thriving from it. Um, the amount of, I mean, they sing a lot of songs. Um, they just learn such different things than you can do traveling. And that's been such a big blessing for us being here and stationary for a year. They've been able to do those, um, the consistent progress that oftentimes while you're traveling, you don't necessarily get because things are broken up unless you're very, very mindful about keeping the rhythm and the progression going, it can, can sometimes wane. And Keith and I are not very rhythmic whatsoever. You know, <laughs> we have our own habits, but woo. So this has been a really interesting experience for the kids because when Keith says they're so excited to go every morning, they really are. Our daughter gets upset that there's a weekend and then there's no school on a weekend. So I'm not sure if it's because of the fact that they've had such a, you know, wacky, chaotic travel life beforehand that they really take appreciation into the consistency. Um, perhaps it is, but I think that's also a big lesson of what we've learned through traveling is that the interesting things are in the contrast. When we've made a home base for ourselves in Bali, which is in Southeast Asia, 
we discovered that the longer we stayed there as a home base in Bali, the more we wanted to travel into what we called the Western white worlds, you know, like Europe and Australia and New Zealand, because that was the contrast for us. And so for our kids, you know, this Waldorf education is a contrast from what they had, and they're really reveling in it right now. So you've been traveling for seven plus years, you know, uh, doing this uh, adventure uh, as a family uh, online with educational. Uh, where does the future lie? Uh, what's your long-term vision? What's the end game going forward? <laughs> oh, Ricky, that's a funny question because we didn't even know we were going to be doing this. <laughs> this it's always you. I, I think we have tomorrow planned. I think that's, that's about as far as we go. We got tomorrow <laughs> planned. <laughs> we really do fly on the wings of our freedom. We're lucky that we have that we've created all of these choices for us. And one of the things that I was thinking about earlier today is um, the choice of freedom or the freedom of choice. How amazing it is that we do have all these choices in the world. Not only what to think, what to eat, where to live, how to work, how to create a lifestyle. Um, there's so much freedom in that. But there's also a lot of freedom in actually making a choice and sticking by it and you discover new doors with that particular choice too so this experiment of staying here for a year it's opened up new doors in a way that travel didn't beforehand um and so you know we'll stick around here probably for a few years still do a lot of adventures we already have a couple adventures planned for ourselves and the kids may not go to school as long as they think they are, but, <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, there are four people in this family to really, um, that have input and we have to respect that. And right now our children love to be here. So, and, and we like it too. So we're going to be here and then use our summers to do adventures and then use their breaks, maybe extended breaks to do adventures because we do have to think about everybody's needs right now and, um, and what we all desire. And there's room in this life for everything, just not all at once. Yeah, again, uh, it, it's about the balance. I mean, we, we still love to travel and we want to, so uh, we will find ways to, to get out and, and balance our, our life of, uh, you know, uh, staying put here for a little bit. So we'll, yes, we're heading to, back to Bali for the summer, uh, looking to maybe Mexico for Christmas break. And uh, next summer, we're thinking about a, a big RV travel trip uh, up to the Yukon and, and Alaska. So, uh, so yeah, we're already looking forward to those, those travel times. So you do have some somewhat of a plan. I know I know everything's changing, and even tonight I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know which hotel I'll be staying in tomorrow. So as travelers, that's part of the part of the reality of travel that you're all, you have the freedom and the choice to make these decisions uh, based on um, kind of like the needs of your family, as you were saying, and mm -hmm. opportunities that come across your path. Uh, so there are a lot of our listeners uh, who aren't like you, uh, Sabina and Keith, who haven't traveled for 700 days continuously. I, uh, sorry, seven years, uh, 2,500 days continuously. Uh, so for those people who are still maybe in their hometown, who are thinking of doing something online, who are thinking of hitting the road, who have all these fears, apprehensions, self-doubts, insecurities, what would you tell them? What advice would you give them to say, just do it, hit the road? 
Yeah, well, the best remedy for fear is action. So start. Just start somewhere. It doesn't matter. Start a WordPress blog. Start a, you know, a tiny little Amazon store. Start learning about and cultivating a community of people that um, you would like to follow in their footsteps or to learn from or be inspired by. You know, they say, of course, that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, and that is true in so many aspects. So start cultivating that community and engaging with it. Don't just observe, because if you observe, there is learning in that as well, but observing is not as much momentum as actually doing actions and doing things. So whatever you're gonna do first out of the gate, guess what, it's not gonna be perfect. It never is. It will never be perfect. I mean, it's just constantly evolving. So the thing that I would say is start somewhere and go. Take that first baby toe step and then it'll lead to the second and the momentum will build and generate from there. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree. You just, just take a little, awesome. you know, little thing at a time. Um, you know, you don't have to jump full in like we did and, uh, you know, sell all your stuff and rent out your house and take your pregnant wife to Costa Rica. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, just, just those little things to progress to where you, you feel you want to be. I mean, it, it's going to change along the way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, start that little blog or, or start, uh, start reading travelers blogs and, and see what they do. And, um, you know, you know, it's, there's always some fear in there. Uh, you know, like I said before, Sabino, you know, had this big fear of, of having a baby in a different country, but, uh, she, she reached out to, to people and they, you know, they really cut that fear down a lot, not completely gone, but uh, uh, they cut it down a lot to where she felt comfortable to take, you know, to take that next step. Uh, so, uh, you know, there, there's such a wealth of knowledge out there and uh, so many people, families are, are traveling now uh, that, uh, you know, it, it's great. I mean, there's Facebook pages and blogs that you can read and you know if you're traveling to a country you just put it out there say hey i'm going here what's the best thing to do for my two-year-old or what and you'll get tons of responses of people who have been there done that do this don't do that uh so it, it's all about reaching out and and surrounding yourself with those people and, and making you feel comfortable yeah definitely uh the best way ahead is to follow those who've done it before you and i still remember our, our dinner uh, in the Sophie's Cosmic Cafe, and we weren't sure if we were going to really leave. It didn't. It felt like so far away, and uh, it felt like, uh, is this really happening? Is this really happening? And now here we are in Suriname, talking uh, on the road, and we're we're, we're living the dream as well. So, uh, thanks for being, um, you know, inspiration to our family and to other families around the world. And I know you guys write about your journey um, on your blog. If you want to quickly uh, give a shout out to your own blog, there, Sabina and, and Keith, and then we'll wrap up. Yeah, I have, you know, I've, I've, I've stopped writing for a while. I always say that I'm going to keep writing for it, and I probably will um, engage in it again, but our blog is akingslife.com. Um, yeah, you can go to it. All our contact information is there. Um, but I'd like to leave it on one final note, is that you don't necessarily have to travel in order to be interesting, interested, or to have this mindset of really enjoying the moment and being curious about life. Because I think that that state of curiosity can be cultivated wherever you are. 
And you can travel within your own town and have that same mentality. You don't have to fly off to Brazil. You don't have to even go to the next town over because I'm sure there's a lot of really interesting things within your own town that if you just go to it with a mind of curiosity and say, hey, you know what, I'm just going to act like I don't know anything and everything is brand new, just be a blank slate, it can be one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself anywhere. Yeah, that wonderful advice, Sabina, wonderful advice. Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, it's just, just all about, you know, creating that balance again in your life and, uh, you know, going out there and exploring new things. Uh, again, can be in your backyard, you know, it doesn't have to be around the world. Uh, so, so yeah, we, you know, our last bit uh, to people is, is just, you know, create that balance in your life and uh, enjoy the present moment, uh, enjoy your family, and uh, you know, seek out those, uh, those things that you're curious about. Well said. And uh, quickly, you also have the two e-commerce stores. If people wanted to find out about how you set it up and also what products they are on there, if you wanna uh, quickly share those two uh, uh, oh. online, course, online stores too. Yes, so our first store is veposig.com, V-E-P-P-O-C-I-G.com. It's all sorts of awesome vaping products and um, electronic cigars. Um, and then the second is Taza, T-A-Z-A dot C-O. And so we sell shatterproof wine glasses because we like the freedom to enjoy our wine anywhere as well, and also stainless steel straws. Those are our two Amazon stores. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks, guys, for the wealth of information and wisdom and experience and expertise uh, on everything from love advice to travel advice to business <laughs> advice to general life advice. So uh, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Ricky. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so uh, once again, these were the Kings, uh, Sabina and uh, Keith King, and they're from um, kingslife.com. Make sure you check them out online. Follow their blog. Follow them on social media make sure you check out the e-commerce stores and uh, you know reach out to them if you're thinking wanting desiring to live this digital nomad lifestyle I know these guys personally and they're, they're, they're definitely the kind of people who are all about mentorship supporting and making a difference so thanks guys uh, thanks everyone for watching uh, watching or listening if you're on YouTube or iTunes make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube uh, follow us on iTunes follow us on all the different social media sites and we'll see you in the next episode my pleasure.